We're going to continue in our message series this morning. We're calling this Faith in Action, and uh, we're in uh, James chapter 3 this morning. So if you've got a Bible with you, you'll find James chapter 3, the first 12 verses. We're calling this, Watch Your Mouth. Watch Your Mouth. I don't know if any of you had your mother say that when you were a kid, but um, we're going to get a little bit of that this morning. James chapter 3, starting at verse 1. I'm just going to go ahead and read that for you. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He writes this, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect, and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. We surely know about that in California. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's a restless, it is restless and evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. James mentions in there that... uh, it's possible to train all kinds of animals. It reminds me of the story of a, of a burglar who, who broke into a house and thought he was all alone, and then he heard this voice, Jesus is watching. And he looked around and didn't see anybody. And carried on with this nefarious business, and he heard the voice again, Jesus is watching. And he's kind of startled, and he glanced around the room, and then he saw there was a, there was a parrot in a cage. And he sighed a big sigh of relief, and he kind of laughed. He says, oh, just a dumb old parrot. He says, are you going to tell me your name is Jesus? The parrot said, no, my name's Moses. Jesus is the Rottweiler right behind you. <laughs> this passage in James is one of, these, one of these passages where you're left sort of embarrassingly, you know, nodding your head in agreement. And then maybe confused what to do about it. James hits a nail on the head here. It's, it's pretty obvious, to me at least, and I think to all of us, that nothing causes more trouble than our words, than our speech, than our, our tongues are responsible for a lot of the messes we get ourselves in. I mean, think about this. Have you ever, you know, said more than you meant to in an argument? You, you threw out some words you wish you didn't say, or you ever been on the receiving end of a mean comment? Ever given your judgment about something only to find out you didn't actually have all the facts and you were just dead wrong it maybe you said one thing but you actually did the opposite and found yourself feeling a bit hypocritical maybe you cut someone out when you should have just stayed quiet we've all been there james we get it <laughs> we get it we understand my tongue is a problem thanks for the reminder right it's a wrecking ball I mean, it's a potentially, you know, fire-starting, you know, instrument 
empowered by hell itself, he says. Okay, so now tell me, James, what do I do with this? What do I do about that? And that's honestly a bit of the struggle in this passage. We're presented with a problem, but really not given a solution. It does come later, and later in the chapter he talks about living in, in asking God and receiving from God wisdom and walking in, in righteousness in that way, living in humility. And so we're going to tackle that next week. That's part of it. But, but what about this need to get this dangerous device under control? The tongue. How are we going to do that? It's not all bad, of course. Often here we mention Proverbs 18.21, which, which says the tongue can bring death or life. Or another translation says the power of life and death is in the tongue. James himself knows that the tongue can be good. Your speech can be good, like, like a freshwater spring, like an instrument of praise and blessing to other people. He's, he acknowledges that. But I'm telling you, and I, I hope that I'm not the only one here, but the struggle is real. The struggle is real. So let's jump back into this passage and, and see if we can get some help with it. Going back to, to verses 1 and 2, James is warning us that, that we should not be quick to, to, to take on a role of expertise, a role of teaching, kind of promoting ourselves into that, into that place. Words have power. And while it's easy for someone to, to appoint themselves as an expert, appoint themselves as a teacher, it's best to be affirmed into the role. In, in my own life, uh, you know, I've served as a pastor in a few different places, and it's always been because someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, would you come help us here? Would you come bring your gifts, share your gifts here with us in this place? That's, that's how it's been. Um, I really try not to self-promote too much. James then makes the point that the tongue is is small compared to what it can accomplish. Like like the rudder of a of a big ship or, or, or a, the, the little bit in a horse's mouth. Any of you any horse people up there? You you know what you can accomplish with that little bit in the horse's mouth. Earlier this year, kind of the beginning of this year, a friend invited me to um, to go play with airplanes. Uh, he works for one of the big airlines and they have a bunch of Boeing 737 MAX, those grounded planes, well, everything's grounded now, but those grounded planes in a storage facility in the high desert, Victorville. And so he invited me to come down. Once in a while, every couple weeks, they need to start these things up and, and run them. So he taught me how to start 737. I'm telling you, a few little switches, and this massive machine comes to life. It is awesome. It is so great. I'm thinking... Man, I could just run amok, like just push that thing forward and let's go, right? One, just a few little things controlling this big, massive machine. And likewise, the tongue is small, but it is powerful. And the worst of it, according if you jump all the way to verse 6, the worst of it is that, is that we're prone more to destruction than we are to life. That's a remarkable thing. I mean, just think about how easy it is to criticize or to complain or to insult or to mock or to judge or, or just to throw out that little sarcastic barb that gets a quick laugh from everybody, but, but it hurts. A thoughtless comment that leaves a little wound. It seems easier to do that than to just thoughtfully compliment somebody or thoughtfully build someone up. It's actually not that hard to be an encourager 
but you have to have to think about it. It doesn't come quite as naturally sometimes as the other. And James says if you can tame the tongue, the rest of your life is kind of going to fall into line as well. It's going to fall into place. But he says it's, none of us seem to be able to do that. So we're not going to get it perfect, but it's a place to start using your tongue to bestow life instead of death. Now obviously, the real starting point, the real need is a what we might call a come-to-Jesus moment, where we literally come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I yield my life to you. And if you've never come to that place, it's how you become a follower of Jesus, a Christian, a believer. You say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. God, would you... I just receive the forgiveness for my sin. Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you to give me a new life, to make me a new creation. From the inside out, starting even with the very parts of my body, to redeem those and restore those. And then from there, I've got three little suggestions about how we can hold our tongue. Three sort of guiding principles. And one is this. Just recognize that you have a high-risk instrument on board. The tongue is a high-risk instrument. You, you, you think about those movies, right, where, the, where there's like some major chemical bomb and it's in a little silver suitcase and, and it's all about, you know, bad guys got it and the good guys and they finally get it and at the end and they neutralize it with three seconds to go before the world collapses. You know, this little tiny thing and it can destroy everything. Recognize you have a high-risk instrument on board. I, I, maybe we should put a warning sign on our on our mouths, like like a haz, hazardous material sign, just 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 draped around our neck, just saying warning, right? Contains, you know, deadly tool <laughs> with the power of life and death. That that might help, but let's at least begin by recognizing just how destructive the tongue can be, in spite of its small size. Somehow, I was thinking, I was reminded of this uh, when I was about 12 years old. I had an uncle who, uh, at one of our annual family Christmas gatherings, he, he showed up with an asbestos tile. Now, hear me out. Uh, he had just started working as a salesman for asbestos insurance. And he brought this asbestos tile to the family gathering. He was so excited about it. And everybody's passing it around and sniffing it and tapping on it. And like, oh, what is it? I mean, everybody handled this thing. And he brought out a blowtorch to show how the heat doesn't get through. And everybody's touching it. Like, wow, this is amazing. What is this again? Asbestos? Wow. No idea. You just kind of put half us, you know, partway to the grave with that thing, probably. <laughs> Maybe asbestos is safe. I, I kind of don't think so. I think we know that now. So sometimes handling something really dangerous, you just need to be aware. Do you think about the power in this little organ called the tongue? So first, recognize you've got a high-risk instrument. Second, you want to know that a little poison goes a long way, right? The other day, I, I showed up in the morning. I was getting ready for, for the service. And suddenly I realized I had something black on my hands. I don't know if it was grease or ink or something. I'm like, oh, what is this? And then, so I realized it was on my shirt. And I realized it was, it was on the coffee pot. And it was on the door handle. And it, was, it had just gotten everywhere in just a matter of minutes. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. A little poison goes a long way. Your words have weight. 
I, I'll bet you can clearly recall something a teacher or a, a peer, a colleague, a parent, something said to you when you were a kid that that even though they meant nothing by it, it hurt, it stung, it left a wound, a scar. Some of it was really big, but sometimes it was something small. And it shaped how you felt about yourself or it shaped how you felt about them. And unfortunately, we've probably all done that to someone else. I know I have, right, to my kids, to my spouse, to others, not intentionally and, 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 and usually not intentionally. But it doesn't take much to inflict pain. Or as James says, it only takes a little spark to cause a massive wildfire. A little poison goes a long way. If I had a if I had a pitcher of water here and I offered to pour you a nice glass of cool water right now, probably you'd say, "Oh, that's great, thank you, I appreciate it." And then I would just mention, "Oh, um, I should just say a, a, a small piece of dog poop fell in there beforehand, but I scooped it up right away." Probably you would just toss that water right into the flowers, wouldn't you? You wouldn't go for that. It doesn't take much to ruin something great. So, many words are not... It just takes a few words to bring either life or death to somebody. So watch out. A little poison goes a long way. And the best counsel, I think if you remember only one thing today, it's this. Put your rudder in control of the pilot. Put your rudder control the pilot. He talks about this rudder on a, on a ship can steer this whole big ship. If you've ever been on a cruise, right, you know that as you enter a port or you enter treacherous waters, what do they bring? They bring a pilot on board. And that, that local pilot knows the waters better than the captain. And so he or she guides that ship uh, through, those, through those local waters. But if that pilot doesn't control the rudder, guess what? They don't control the ship. They don't, they don't have control of the boat. Here's my question. Have you given Jesus the rudder? Have you given Him your tongue? Will you let Jesus pilot your life? Because if you claim that Jesus is Lord, He has to be Lord of everything, including our speech. And I, I don't want but you. For me, that takes a lot of frequent surrender. Daily, hourly, Right? For some of us, Jesus, be the pilot. Take control of this rudder of mine, this tongue. Let, let me speak praise and blessing to others and not cursing. I'm going to invite Chrissy and Josh and Jared back to the platform. We'll be using a closing song, but just going to the end of what we read there, James finishes with a couple of agricultural metaphors. He says that, that the bad water does not come from a freshwater spring. Olives don't come from fig trees. Figs don't come from a vineyard. Right? I have a friend out in the country who's he grows uh, olives, a couple kinds of grapes, a couple kinds of oranges, citrus. He grows almonds. I mean, he's a, it's, a, it's a big operation. And he invited Becky and I to go out and have a have a look at his tom cord. Grapes. You know what the tom cords are? Unbelievably delicious grapes. So which part of his fields did we go to check out the tom cords? We, we didn't go to the oranges or the almonds. We went to the tom cord vineyard. That's, you go to, to what's being produced, to where that's produced. And, and I think that the, the question for us is, you know, what kind of fruit are you producing from here? What's, 
What's coming out? What kind of water is bubbling out of your out of your well? Is it good water from a fresh spring? Because if Jesus is your Savior, you can produce good fruit and fresh water, even every day. But you've got to recognize the power of your tongue. It's this high-risk instrument. A little poison goes a long way, but when you put Jesus in charge, when you give Him the rudder of your ship, you can steer straight and true for a long way, being a blessing to others and bringing praise to God. Would you bow with me in prayer? God, we thank You that You have made us in such a remarkable fashion, body, soul, and spirit. It's all it's all merged in one, and yet somehow... Um, we like to separate those things. We want to give you parts of our life and, and not others. We want to give you our spiritual life. We keep our physical life. And Jesus, you're you're asking us to, to bring it all, all of it, to, to, to be a, a total surrender to you. And so, God, we do that even, even beginning with this very small thing, the tongue. And Lord, for those of us where we recognize, even right now, we realize we've got to make something right with somebody. We, we need to We need to seek you know, make make amends. We need to seek forgiveness from somebody for what we've said. God, I pray you give us the courage to do that. And Lord, for those that maybe haven't come to that place of yielding to you, that today would be the day to say, Jesus, I surrender all my life to you, including even my tongue, my speech, my very body. God, we want to be a living sacrifice to you, a blessing wherever we go. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your presence.